Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. After a week filled with some pretty awesome soccer, we got to keep it on this continent first, guys. Up first, MLS Cup. We offer our congratulations to Toronto FC. We've got some U.S. men's national team players on there. Also some players with some uh, roots with the Serie A, Michael Bradley from Roma and Jovinko from Juventus. Guys, what did you think of the MLS Cup this weekend? Well, I think it was uh, nice to finally see Michael Bradley and uh, Josie Altidore come through in a big game just uh, for a Canadian team instead of a U.S. national team. Huh? Who is that? Yeah, that's Nick, our uh, our sit-in for this week because Marco is still out uh, doing good work out in California. Welcome, Nick. I prefer Fabio. Yeah, All new, right. New Fabio. New Fabio, Fabio, new Fabio gets too. in on this one. It's nice. Good to have you. And with the dig on uh, the U.S. men's national team, which I think is very fair. Their best game for a Canadian team this year. Yes. <laughs> Keep on digging until it goes six feet under or, I guess, 3.12 meters. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, um, Toronto exacting their re- revenge on uh, the Seattle Sounders, getting the, the victory in this one. You know, kind of excited for it, but uh, good for soccer, at least. Uh, it kind of had, you know, watching the coverage, a little bit of a Super Bowl feel, um, a little bit. But uh, I think that's good for the sport. The sport continues to grow. Toronto looks like a great market. Well, it's, and they also have like the three or four most famous players in the league playing in the game, which is always really good. Anytime I get to mention a guy whose nickname is Deuce, yep, and talk about his drink, Deuce Juice. Deuce Juice, that's right. Looking- Pride of North Texas right there, man. That's right. That's I'm right. A Texas. Our fellow uh, Texan on the pod here. That's right. There's, there's Deuce. And then way down here, there's Emmett Smith. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure we'll be having some cowboy references today after you beat my Giants this weekend. Uh, you brought it up. I didn't even have to bring it up. I, but you're I just know. that self-loathing I'm, a fan. I'm preparing for it after this season. Yep. That's how I That's how I line my fantasy lineup every week, is I pick the defense that is playing against the Giants. That's pretty, pretty accurate. A good move. So we got that news on the North American continent, guys. Let's head on over to Europe. And we had the Champions and Europa draws this week. Some pretty interesting matchups for the Serie A team. Up first in Champions League, we've got Juventus playing Tottenham. And then Roma playing Shakhtar Donetsk. What do you think of the Champions League draws for our Serie A teams, guys? I'm, I think that Juventus-Tottenham uh, uh, one is going to be a, a great matchup. For one thing, I'm really excited that Juventus can expose an EPL team. Um, I think that Tottenham... They, they just got to be laughing all the way to the bank that they hooked all these American fans on their team by being like, oh, yeah, we're going to have Clint Dempsey, and it's going to be like the uh, the North American team over in England. It's like wrong. Oh, Gareth Bale, he's amazing. We're going to have a commercial with uh, Jason Sudeikis, and it's going to be hilarious, and everyone's going to be Tottenham fans. You know, Spurs, they're really cool, and they're from London as well. So I hope that Juventus you know, rolls up those, champ- those uh, Champions League final sleeves and knocks out an EPL team. Yeah, I think it's an exciting matchup, uh, but I'm also pretty pumped for that Real PSG. That's a, that's a final happening in the round of 16. That's I think that's got to be the the show stealer here from the from the matchups. And I'll just say it as the Romanista uh, homer for tonight. Uh, pretty happy with someone not coming from Spain or England. Oh yeah, no Sh- Shakhtar, don't ask, don't tell. Yep. Yeah, I'm so excited we play these guys. Like you said, you want somebody from the east. 
in last last week's game, like I'm loving playing Ukrainian team. I want a, I want a team so far east that Bo Rat's on the team. <laughs> yeah. No, very happy with that. Uh, I think it's a good draw, and frankly, well-deserved for Roma. We won our group, and it was the group of death. So, hey, we, we earned that. On to the Europa uh, League, guys. We got Napoli dropping down there. They play Leipzig. Atalanta's got Dortmund, so two German teams there. OTFR playing FCSB, which we're calling the all-acronym derby. I like the der- that. The derby del nomenclature, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then Milan versus Ludogorets. Good luck. Yeah. What do you guys think of these? Well, Ludogorets, I'm really actually excited to see them because uh, the Ball bro- the brothers are now playing for this team. So I'm just really yeah, seeing yeah, how they're going to hone their skills week, in yeah. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to all Bulgarian and Lithuanians out there. We <laughs> know you're not listeners. the same country. We're big fans. No, no. <laughs> I do think, though, that it's it's a little shame for Atalanta. You know, they we've kind of discussed, or I guess you guys have discussed, that uh, they're kind of all in on Europe this season. You know, they're not even really focused on making Europe next season. It's all about Europa League right now. Uh, and their little fairy tale run right here is going to hit uh, the biggest obstacle yet. I don't know. I think they're like bring it on. You know, they got Lyon and uh, Everton in the in the group stages, so they're like whatever. You know, give us uh, give us Atletico Madrid in the next round. So you know, just let, let them see a, a, a true test. You know, I mean, with with Roma seeing Shakhtar, yeah, it's great. I, I like. I want to see him advance, but it would be really cool to just see him play a big team right away. So I'm happy for Atlanta fans they can get this. Napoli, man, I think, I mean, aren't we basically just now going to see the Primavera play in the Europa League? And I don't really know anything about Leipzig other than that Nabi Kieta plays for that team. And they, they're Red Bulls. Yes. Germany. They're, they're <laughs> Germany Red Bulls, yeah. 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 The German franchise, yeah. No. I, I, I think Napoli's all in on Scudetto now. This might be a blessing in disguise for them yeah. with how thin they are and the injuries they've had. I think they're going to be happy to take these, these weekday games off. And Milan, Fasone coming out this week saying that they have to be modeled after United of last year to make the Champions League. And it's like, hashtag most obvious thing said ever. Yeah, yeah good thing they've got Paul Pogba on their team, right? Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the other big news uh, out of uh, Italy this time, guys. We've got Europe covered now. Looking forward to those games. But podcaster's dream more games to cover the coppa italia is starting to heat up the big news today coming out of italy if anyone was checking on bleacher report uh, you could see inter playing pordenone and it got all the way to like the 125th minute we went to pks in this one pordenone is a Serie c team Serie c all the way down there and take an undefeated Inter all the way to PKs. Did you guys follow this today? Oh, yeah. Well, I was pumped about it, too, because they upset either Sassuolo or Udinese last game. Not quite sure. Not my full-time job. But, uh, uh, yeah, so... I was excited to see them take Inter. I mean, because like Milan, man, you don't, you don't like you don't want another bad thing happening to them that they, you know, they get beat by Portanone. But you know, taking the taking the Serie A table leaders, you know, all the way to PKs, that's that's pretty awesome stuff right there for a Copa Italia and a, on a channel I'll never be able to watch. Take take note, Reggiano. We're we're looking it's, it's, for you. They, they showed it on that Lugo Goritz channel or the yeah. Shakhtar Donetsk channel if you had to stream it online. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to upstage you here, Chris, with my guest appearance, but what are you doing talking about Bleacher Report? I was streaming that game. All you gotta, right. You got to not... It's Copa Italia time, man. You put work on hold for Portanone, man. For, yeah, exactly. Although I have to I have to say, it was really the worst timing ever. The stream cut out in the middle of PKs. Oh, man. Literally, it was it was 2-2, I think, and it just dropped on me, and then I'm on Twitter desperately refreshing. So, Ooh. Natch. Yeah. Desperate, desperately looking for better coverage here in the States of Italian soccer. 
All right, so we've got uh, that to look forward to. We mentioned Copa Italia. It's kind of like the March Madness tournament. It's starting to heat up with the big teams now. It's been going on since the summer, but now the big boys are starting to play. Uh, some other big games coming up this week. I think, yeah. Tad, Holy, you checked Holy it Cross out. Holy Cross and Weber State have already played their, their play-in <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. So now, now we're ready to see some seventh seeds. Take That's on right. Some 12, yeah. The 5-12 seeds, uh, <laughs> those are the games coming in right now. Absolutely. So looking forward to that this week. If you see your team playing randomly, uh, some random team this week, it's probably Copa Italia. With that in mind, guys, we're going to jump up to the Serie A coverage for week 16. And what a week it was. Kind of crappy. <laughs> Not the best week in Serie A, although there were some great games. We're going to cover them all, starting with the rundown. The top of the table all forget how to play soccer this week and drop a combined 13 points. The Derby d'Italia results in a disappointing 0-0 draw, and Tim Krause from Serpents of Matadina joins us to give his reaction to that game. Roma take that result and play a double goose egg draw of their own, and Napoli say, hold my Prosecco, and play yet another goalless draw to round out the top four. We're going to have an easy week here, guys. Sampdoria continuing to slide against Cagliari, and Gattuso gets his first three points as Milan's skipper, while OTF are all kinds of emotional after their fourth disappointing weekend in a row. All right, we want to remind everybody, we've got social media out there. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can hear our podcast pretty much wherever podcasts are heard. We've got iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, ASRoma360, CurveAmerica.com. If you have seen it in other places, please let us know, but those are the big ones. Yes, and? and please, please, when you get on there, subscribe, rate, and comment. Um, comment on a podcast from a guy who is just around the room looking for his phone, only to find it in his pocket. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, if hope you can find us. Hope you can find the podcast. Let us know what you think. Let's start with the shameless beer plug. I think, Nick, you're going to take us down this road. What do you got this week? Uh, I've got an American classic for you gentlemen here. The one and only Sam Adams Boston Lager. You all know it. You all love it. You think it's craft beer, but it's basically just the same in terms of every other large domestic brewery. Uh, no offense to the commercials. Uh, make this an homage to my uh, city of, of one adopted abbreviated summer. Uh, love you, Boston. Appreciate the four months of nice weather. Not sad I miss the winter. Yeah, We speak of revolution on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, so we got that. Let's jump and take it to the top five. Up first in the top five is the Derby d'Italia. We've got Inter and Juve with a scoreless 0-0 draw. Tad got to interview Tim from uh, Serpents of Madanina, SB Nation's blog on Inter. He's going to take it away now and talk us through that game. All right, uh, we're here with Tim Krauss of SB Nation blog, Serpents of Matadina. He's a contributor to that blog, so any Inter fans out there um, or just people more interested in looking uh, to the team that's at the top of the table right now, um, be sure to check out their blog, Serpents of Madanina. And he's in here for reaction to the big Derby d'Italia, which happened uh, this past, was it Saturday? Um, you, guys had, you guys had the good time game. We had the 6.30 a.m. one for Roma. Um, but how you, how you doing, Tim? Thanks for coming on. 
Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. It's uh, good to be an Inter fan right now. We're top of the table for another week. Yeah, but I bet you're sweating some bullets today, though, after that that narrowly escaping the uh, the Copa Italia over uh, Perdonone. Uh, how do we even say their name? Perdonone? <laughs> I don't ask me. I don't speak Italian, so I, I can't. Yeah, that was I, I was at work, so I unfortunately didn't have a chance to watch it. But I, I might be, you know, better off that I didn't have the chance to watch it. That was it looked to be rough, but you know, a win's a win, and. Uh, we're looking like we're on course for a matchup with Milan um, in the Copa in the next round, so that would be that would be cool. Yeah, you definitely, I think, had a couple Primavera guys start in this game, and they dropped the varsity in late with uh, Mauro Riccardi and Brozovic and Perisic. Um, but you do live to fight another day. Um, but let's focus back to this Derby d'Italia. So 0-0 draw. Um, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Uh, in, in your opinion, who does a 0-0 draw benefit more in this game? Uh, you know, from my opinion, there's there's no doubt that Inter are the happier of the two sides after that match. Um, you know, just watching the match, Juve had the better chances and they could have easily won that game. Um, and I think just looking at the match in context, you know, any time that you face Juventus at the Allianz Stadium, it's going to be a difficult match. Juventus are one of the best home sides in all of Europe. I think they've only lost four times at home since that stadium opened in the league. So I think Inter, you know, being able to take a point is it's a steal for Inter. And, you know, with results elsewhere on the weekend, all five of the top five dropping points, Inter remain on top of the table. So I think they're definitely the happier of the two sides after the game. You wrote here that you know, your fullback seemed a little overmatched in, in this article that you guys can check out on Serpents, um, com. Um, that your fullbacks are a little bit overmatched, you know, not conceding a goal. You know, what, what, what's your what's your takeaway from your defense? I think overall on the night, the defense played fairly well, but uh, there was definitely some warning signs. I think especially uh, on the left, Juan Cuadrado was the best player on the pitch that game. Um, he was giving interfits the entire night, whether it was uh, Santon who started out the match or Dalbert when he came in. They were struggling to deal with them the entire match, and it forced Perisic to drop back and help cover, um, which kind of really limited Inter's offensive uh, abilities in their attack. So that was a struggle. And then just on the right side, um, Mandzukic versus D'Ambrosio, it was scary, to say the least, all night. There was a couple of crosses, I think, uh, late in the first half. Mandzukic uh, hit the crossbar with a um, with a header that could have easily given Juve a lead and ultimately a win. Um, so it was a nervy night from Inter's fullbacks, but ultimately the defense did enough to hold them off of the scoreboard, keep a clean sheet, and uh, walk away with the point. Yeah, Handanovic, I see he's in uh, the top ten in the power rankings in Europe from Bleacher Report. How are you feeling about his season so far, considering this clean sheet? Uh, Handanovic, I mean, he's always been a world-class keeper. That's no secret, uh, even going back to his days with Udinese. Um, he's just been very, very consistent for Inter since he's joined, and he's having a great season. Um, there's no doubt about it. He is a loyal servant to Inter, and he's been spectacular. And if this team is going to go anywhere, if they're going to qualify for the Champions League, he's going to be a major part of that. He's the so. handyman. Well, you're right here also a seemingly vulnerable Juve. And, you know, I was surprised to see Allegri come out with Dybala, Costa, and Alexandro all on the bench. Um, you know, maybe it's because of depth. You know, maybe, you know, the things that come out today that maybe Dybala needs to be focusing more on, you know, the field rather than off the field. But, you know, what, what were the chinks in the armor that you saw from Juventus? 
just the fact that they weren't able to finish is, you know, something that is sort of new with Juve this year. I, I just, you know, looking at being a fan of Serie A and understanding how dominant Juventus have been, just watching that match, you can't help but feel that that's one that they would have won in recent seasons. You know, they got close to scoring a couple of times, um, but ultimately they weren't able to. And that was a big deal for Juventus. I mean, Inter, for the first time in a very long time, entering this match were ahead of Juve in the table. And this was an opportunity for Juve to close the gap and also to make a statement, and they failed to do that. And I think that really speaks volumes to where Juve is this season, and they might not be the dominant force. I don't think that Inter are, most certainly not, um, but I do think that if the streak of seven straight Serie A titles is ever going to come to an end, this could happen this year. So you, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it, 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 in seasons past, we would have definitely seen them maybe a, a pull out of 101 and 90 plus three. Um, but uh, uh, you right here also, most importantly, Inter remain unbeaten after three most difficult fixtures. Um, you know, our ex-girlfriend, Luciana Spalletti, is looking <laughs> real good for you guys. But, um, you, you know, speak to the kind of the tenacity of Inter this season over last season, whereas, you know, last year they might have not been up to the challenge of the three most difficult fixtures in this this season, you know, they still remain unbeaten. Yeah, well, I mean, just looking at the fixtures, you, you know, based on the table last year, Roma, um, Juve, and uh, Napoli are the three best teams in Italy, and Inter have played all of them away from home so far this season, and they've managed five points from those matches and have only conceded one goal. That's spectacular. Um, I mean, in recent seasons, Inter really hasn't done well against the big boys of Italian football, and that's one of the reasons why we've struggled so much in the league table, um, that and just being inconsistent generally. But this year it's completely different, and I, I know you guys are probably not huge fans of Spalletti anymore, but he's been really spectacular uh, since he joined uh, Inter this summer. Really, he's made this team into you know a group and a unified unit and you know this is a team that they're scoring the most late goals in Syria this season they're you know coming back to win games they're you know not taking teams lightly maybe aside from the Copa this week um, really it's been beyond any of Inter supporters wildest dreams that 16 matches into the season we'd be top of the table but somehow it is and you, you got to give Spalletti and his players a lot of credit because they are exceeding everyone's expectations right now well, even though they're playing so amazing right now, it is the Christmas season. So take us to your inter-Christmas uh, wish list for January. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting because um, Inter have Chinese owners um, Suning, and I don't know how much money Suning will be able to spend in January, um, just because of the way the Chinese government is, you know, limiting off-season investment, things like that. So I don't know how much money Inter actually have available to them. Um, there's definitely talk, though, that they could work out a deal with um, Suning's Chinese Super League club um, for Alex Texera. So that could be an interesting midfield addition yeah, uh, to add right. a little bit. Yeah, to add a little depth to the squad. I mean, personally, if I had a one wish, it would be signing a center back, uh, particularly a left-footed one. Uh, that's just a position that Inter are really thin in. Right now, it's really just Skriniar and Miranda. And if either of them goes down, you're looking at having to play Renokia consistently for a lot of minutes, which he did fine against Kiev over Verona when Miranda was suspended. Uh, but he that's something that Inter fans have you know long memories of and unfortunately not, not good memories of Renokia at the back. So I would like to add a center back if we were able to sign anyone. 
But again, I don't know how much in money is going to be at Inter's disposal in January. So we'll have to see. Well, my suggestion for you, if you guys need money to spend, just grab Gabby Gull and Joe Mario and t- uh, to turn them upside down and shake, shake them upside down and see if any money falls out for you guys to spend that way. Um, <sighs> finally, uh, you know, Serpents of Madanina, great name for a blog. Uh, how'd you decide on that one? And what were the other ones you guys maybe were kicking around? Uh, so I can't speak to what else we were uh, kicking around because it was a little bit before uh, my time with the site. But um, I just know that um, for a while we were the offside Inter Milan. That's how SB Nation branded all of the soccer team sites in the beginning. But a couple years ago we had the opportunity to rebrand and make our own name. So we wanted to like come up with a name that worked with Inter's history and a little bit about you know the city origins. So um, the serpent or the grass snake more specifically, um, has been, long been the symbol of Inter um, as far as an animal goes in Italy. Uh, in the 19, late 1970s and throughout the 80s, our badge, our club crest, had a serpent on it, so that made sense. And then um, the Madonnina part is, uh, of course, a tribute to the Duomo, um, the fa- world-famous cathedral in Milan Center that has a Madonnina statue at the top. So it kind of brings together interest history as well as a homage to the city. So it works well, for us. That, that pretty much slides perfectly in with everything that is Syria, homage to the city um, and, and history also and so forth. Well, Tim, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, keep us in mind. Uh, with, if Inter stays up, we're going to definitely need to hear more of this expert commentary. So thanks for joining. Thanks for having us, guys. All right. Thanks, Tim and Tad. Up next, we've got Napoli and Fiorentina. And yet another 0-0 draw. Napoli leave two points at the San Paolo, while Fiorentina are elated with taking a point from the South. Guys, life is all about perspective. Let's jump to the perspective from the coaches first in this one. We've got Sari for Napoli. He feels like they're getting back on track, despite not having an army general, Insigne. He was out for this one, and the club's only scoring three goals in the past five Serie A games. He feels that he's happy with the opportunities that were created in this game. The second half was owned by Napoli despite no goals, and he feels like Napoli, for me anyway, is limping towards the transfer market. They're out of champions after this week. They missed an opportunity to reclaim first place. Sorry saying that the player data, all that stuff that they wear on on their bodies when they're playing and practicing, he says even if this is a topic of conversation right now, the data says otherwise, that they're, they're fine, they're not tired, they're not sluggish. But definitely, if you read the papers over in Italy, Napoli faithful are saying we look tired, we look weak. So much so that a former coach, Aldo Agropi for Napoli, felt it was appropriate to offer a hot mic take on how to handle tired players. At least in his time, he encouraged less fornication by players and or their wives. So, Napoli. Sorry, sorry guys. I guess we know uh, Borrello is never going to Napoli. Yeah, yeah. Bor- Borriello was going to invent a time machine to go back and, you know, tackle down like Cleopatra, Marie Antoinette. Well, now we know he's not going to Aldo Agropi's. There's these sorry quotes, man. I mean, he's, he, he's got to say whatever he's got to say right now because, you know, he can say the data this and the data that is saying that, um, you know, they're not that tired. I don't believe him because anybody with a set of eyes and everybody around the world says they're a little tired right now. So I think they're breathing a sigh. Of, and, you know, after getting knocked out of champions – and like you said, three goals in the last five games. I mean, they, they definitely need some regrouping going on here. 
Yep, we'll see. Uh, some positive news. Milik starting to make his way back in. Uh, I don't know if he's practicing yet, but he's actually... They say uh, three weeks he'll be training, yeah. So that's a good start for uh, for them. Maybe some relief there, but... Have you seen pictures of Milik lately? Looks like he's been spending all his rehab, like, pumping up the upper body. Well, he's... He's, he's looking ripped. Do we need to bring that Tinder story back after last season? <laughs> yeah, <Maybe. laughs> he's been spending a lot of time on that one, yeah. <laughs> Better not be skipping leg day, though. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true, especially with the torn ACL. Better be re- recouping uh, those, those legs. On the other side of the ball, guys, we've got Pioli. He acknowledged that Napoli has lost sharpness in the past few weeks, but also quickly gave credit to his players in this one, calling it a big step forward for them with a the draw. They wore purple in this one, which Nick, our, our uh, stats guru on this, how many times has purple been the, the color for Fiorentina to wear Let's, in let's break games? down these jersey color records. Yeah, let's break it down. You know, I've been thinking about this every week. You guys talk about the colors they're wearing. We got to know what are the records here. So, so I did a little, a little data, data work here. This is a one on the house for you boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what we've got. Purple, obviously, the most common color here. They've worn it 10 times this season. Uh, a solid mid-table 4-3-3 three, and three record in purple. Right. Uh, just if you want to be Fiorentina sitting in 10th place, wear purple. That's that's the answer <laughs> on that front. Although I would like to cross-track this, though, because I feel like recently Pioli has gone, and the whole coaching staff have gone from purple vest to purple turtleneck underneath blazer, oh. and I think that might have been increasing their chances of victory. I'm going to have to run the coaches' cross-tabs on that. That's a whole other level here. <laughs> Well, let me round this out. The next most popular color here uh, has been a tie between green and white, uh, both worn twice each. Uh, and in this case, uh, both of those, uh, I'm going to tell Fiorentina here, stay away. Uh, green has a one loss, one draw, no win record, and white with a no win and two losses record. So definitely the wrong colors. I forget which of the uh, neighborhoods of Florence those two <laughs> colors represent, but apparently the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, 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 Quartier del San Patrick is going to be, uh, uh, San Patrizio is going to be the uh, uh, the green one. Definitely a saint. That's but here's a fair the, call. Here's the good news, guys. Uh, fortune favors the bold. Uh, when Fiorentina wears blue or red, they are undefeated. A solid one and zero in each of those jerseys, which to me is a trend. So America. I think they need to, yeah, ditch everything else. <laughs> yeah. Just wear those bright red Diablos and and see how it goes. Yeah, see how that goes. That's that's a good analogy here. I like this uh, this cross reference here. Well done, Nick. To the teams themselves in the table, guys. Napoli dropping points here, but still strongly in the top four. They're in second place with thirty nine points. Cannot see Napoli focusing on Europe at this point after getting knocked out of Champions League last week. I would say Scudetto is the goal and an achievable one. I still think Napoli is one of the favorites and really could pull this off. Yeah, Napoli, Napoli, I mean, we're talking about Napoli in a slight slump where they go a 0-0 draw and then they lose, but they lost 1-0 to Juventus. I mean, come on. That's 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 not the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So, I mean, I, they still you know got to be feeling really good about the Scudetto. Yep. On the other side, Fiorentina, they're in ninth place with 22 and just feel like another team of complacency. But if you look at their summer transfers, I feel like they could be punching above their belt this season. Our old friend HDCT, Cyril David Thoreau, just like his namesake of Henry David, seems to be wandering in the woods, not getting many, as many goals as I was uh, kind of hoping for. And then Giovanni Simeone, Cholito, 
There's an article about him uh, going around the internet here that he likes to go fishing, listen to jazz, and meditate. So wait a minute. Giovanni Simone is the nerdiest white guy in the Syria. Well, yeah. Our friends over at Viola Nation got to ask him some questions about this, and he just see they their their quote here. He feels like a guy in a Coen Brothers movie. So Big Lebowski approved. I think, just, I think he looks like the bald. He sounds like he's the bald guy in High Fidelity. He just wants to go bowling. Just just the hell with it, man. <laughs> Finally, Federico Chiesa, good faith church, also on Viola Nation, wishing he was further along, even though he's 20 years old, just expecting more out of him. Check out those articles for Viola Nation, guys. But uh, really interesting stuff on just, uh, these are good strikers. You would expect more from these guys. I'm going to go ahead and slightly disagree with you, just because Fiorentina's midfield was absolutely plundered. Um, So the whole, yeah, I mean, if you're expecting the whole weight of your team to be on a 35-year-old striker um, and then two young promising stars, I think they're, they're kind of right about where, where I expect them to be. Ninth place with 22 points in striking distance of uh, you know making Europa League or something like that. But, you know, I mean, Fiorentina right now, kind of, kind of about an eighth and ninth place team. Yeah. See, I'm going to disagree with both of you. I think they're already punching above their weight. I remember mm-hmm. what the tire fire they were this summer – uh, and just the mess of the fans uh, upset about the ownership, selling people off. And I mean, they killed Prince. They killed Prince. <laughs> I mean, all of the above. Uh, I really think they're overperforming, uh, considering where they started from at the beginning of this year. And so, uh, you know, you're both wrong. All right. Well, Fiorentina, it's on you to prove us all wrong, I guess, and uh, win one for the Gipper here. Where are the Reds? Yeah, or the Greens. Win one for the Gipper. The greens. <laughs> greens are bad. All right, let's go to the game that's near and dear to our hearts, Roma Kievo, and finally, another 0-0 draw. Man, this is just an easy week this week this uh, week uh, with all these draws here. Roma blow a golden opportunity to shoot up the table with a game in hand to no avail. Tad, go ahead. So I only really watched about 20 minutes of this game because it's played at 6.30 in the morning, and I knew I spoiled it. I looked at 0-0 before I watched it, and I just had to turn it off after 20 minutes. You know, positive takeaways from this one. Razor Man, the Katordi, she's Sheik, gets his first start, finally, you know, here on, in, in December. Um, and we have uh, uh, the first time in the season there's a spell for Dzeko. Yeah, he hasn't had a break since Bosnia was part of Yugoslavia. Nice. Geography joke. I like it. Um, you know, Schick didn't play too bad in this one. He had a nice back heel that, you know, old man Sorrentino uh, uh, made a miraculous save on. But, yeah, we have a question here from Jimmy S. on Twitter which Jimmy S. on Twitter has been an absolute rock star on the Crew of America stream. He asked, do you think Schick can be a legit attacking piece to go along with Checo, or does Roma need to add one in the January transfer window? My opinion, dear God, do not add another striker in the January transfer window. I mean, DeFrell's kneecap cost us $20 bucks. I think, you know, we got to see what's coming on with Schick. He's an absolute star. Um, You know, you, you just see it that, like, he's just getting back into form, and, you know, Jekko, even though Chris hates his guts and wants him to be sold to the Serie Chi, is one of the most dominant center forwards in, in Europe right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, my wish list is pretty small for Roma right now. I, for the first time, I think pretty much since I've been a fan, I feel like we're fairly deep. Like even in these Copa Italia games coming up, we've got some names that don't get a lot of playing time. We could throw them out there, but... We're not as deep as Juventus. I just don't feel like we absolutely need somebody huge, a huge signing in this in this transfer market. Now, if Mauro Riccardi wants to come play for Roma, we'll take him. Actually, I was arguing with New Fabio uh, via text over the weekend that I would take Federico Chiesa, even though there's like absolutely no, no connections. 
But when you get a talent like that coming up, um, you know, you, you got to take him. But I, I just don't see who's out there that we would spend the money on that would have any impact on this team, um, especially when we're trying to develop players like Jenga Sunder. Yeah, I, I want to see guys get playing time. I think that EDS has been pretty good about rotating a little bit here, and I just want to see more of these guys, Under, Jerson. Uh, I want to see them kind of get integrated in the squad even more as we get into more midweek matches. And maybe some foreshadowing. There's some rumors on uh, Twitter with uh, uh, Turkish Airlines going on our shirt. Maybe we call that Under Airlines since he's Turkish after all. We'll see more of him in the second half of the season. No, uh, Under going to play more games. We shall see. Well, we said the nice thing about Roma, <laughs> but guys, Roma friggin' blew it in this game. I mean, are you kidding me? You spent all season talking about they got unlucky against Inter. This is the most professional-looking Roma team in a long time. They win their Champions League group. They're flying high, and the top, the two teams ahead of them, two of the three teams ahead of them on the table draw the day before. I mean, I don't care. You got to go into this game guns. You got to be coming here like coming out blasting like Yosemite Sam. I mean, it, this game should have been five zero. I mean, Kievo, who just got beat five zero last week by Inter. You know, I mean, you, you cannot come out flat against this, this team. This is what I told you last year, Tad. Remember, I said the difference between the Scudetto winning team and Roma is not how they perform against Juventus. It's how they perform in these games against the, the bottom table teams when you're dropping points and tying games. And, and that's what comes back to haunt you at the end of the season. That and a DeRossi slap to the face, not to bring that up again. Yeah. No, the Genoa game and the hey, Chievo man. game. Lapidula owed him money. <laughs> <laughs> these, these two will hurt. Uh, but I think you do have to give credit to Sorrentino. Just had a killer, killer game in this one. Everyone acknowledged that. Still doesn't really take the pain away, but you do have to acknowledge a great goalkeeper effort for Kievo and Sorrentino. Yeah, you know, I, I felt a, a little emaciated by Nick coming in here with all this research after, uh, you know, me being the history guy. So I did my own little research right now, and it is confirmed that Sorrentino's birth certificate is, in fact, written in Latin. Well, you would, you would expect that for a team like Kievo. We'll see if they get any younger in the transfer market. Up next, guys, OTFR taking on Torino. This one was a Monday game. Finished 2-1 in Torino's favor. A little bit of a shocker there. Nick, you've got this one. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was really excited because uh, you know, I just consider this the, uh, the baby Derby della Capitale, considering the uh, Roma rehab nature here of Torino. You know all those guys <laughs> nice. were fired up about this one. Nice. Uh, but honestly, the game some itself... Old, some old familiar hated faces. <laughs> the game itself was uh, played second fiddle here to just the, the drama and the, the VAR coming back to us. Uh, if, you, if you didn't see it, uh, there's a no call on an Iago Falke uh, handball in the box that Immobile is uh, pretty upset about. So uh, very shortly thereafter, Immobile decides that he's going to simulate a headbutt. Uh, he kind of makes the 75% of the motion and then kind of pulls up at the last minute. Uh, it doesn't doesn't sneak past the referee with the VAR here, and they, they show him a straight red. I was pretty surprised, though. You look at Shuri Immobile, and you just figure instead of headbutting, he'd sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty awkward uh, the the call. I think uh, even as a Roma fan, it was just it was a weird red card. It was weird. But it it doesn't die there. I mean, so he gets tossed, and uh, shortly thereafter, Torino finally finds some goals and kind of seals this one away. But the real scandal, the real story, has been after the game here. Uh, so Immobile claiming that uh, Berdiso told the refs that he didn't hit him. Uh, and then Berdiso coming out and saying, no, that's not true. I just said something else. 
I don't even know. I can't follow I the drama. I said anything but that. Anything but that. I did not confirm that. Uh, and then this just kind of rolled up, and it just seems like OTFR brought the like full spin team out. They just went and hired the kind of DC consultants here to try to oh, send this message. Oh yeah, they went full. They went full Trump tweet on this one. They they went full uh, 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 fallout from Trump tweet. Yeah. It, it's Alex Jones conspiracy here, guys. Yeah. The frogs are gay. Alexa works for CIA, uh, and uh, Syria hates OTFR. And the world is flat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we've got you know uh, Inzaghi saying they were defrauded for the four week in a row we've got the team director saying this is beyond a scandal we've got the team spokesperson saying this is designed to hobble their campaign uh and then you've got uh everyone the team president uh, another spokesman saying they're gonna withdraw from the seat i mean just take a rest in here guys like you've hitting some breaks before everyone remember uh ratlich last year that that clear conspiracy punishment to keep him out for what two games one game one game come on 30 day ban over the break yeah yeah yeah. anyway so i'm not having it well and the funniest thing about this one is the otfr fans they pulled hashtag most italian thing ever um they found out so the ref like they're super angry at this uh, at the ref and uh, uh you know all of all of the, the, the front offices from OTFR are angry about the ref, but the fans do a little organic grassroots thing that doesn't involve you know, anti-Semitic stickers or anything like that. They just find out that he used to own this cafe in Trieste called Cafe Rosetti. So they went out there and they've just put a ton of bad TripAdvisor trip reviews. <laughs> and some of them were like metaphors for uh, how, like, how he, like, we came in for a, a great meal and they just shoveled this crap down my throat and then they threw us out but still made us pay. That so, is the most Italian thing ever. That's so fantastic. Yeah, yeah a buddy of mine owns a hostel in, in Rome, and uh, you know he teed off some Italian get people, and hit, they got them and all their friends to go and just write a bunch of bad trip, trip advisor <laughs> reviews about it. And so like my friends come at us being like, "Hey, you guys have to all write," you know, mobilizing all his his friends to write positive trip advisor reviews. So we're just going back and forth like this petty passive aggressive thing that was at the end of the day quite hilarious. The one thing I'd like to point out about VAR this one. Is I'm about to get I'm about to like award the the ten jersey for Roma to Var. I'm gonna get one that just says V A R ten on the back. And I would actually you would get a lot of photos with fan, Italian fans over there if you did that. I like that a lot. Um, on the other side, guys, uh, OTFR struggling with Var, but got to give some credit to Torino here. This is a big win against a, a big club for, for Torino, Roma Rehab, as Nick likes to call it. I think the biggest storyline, other than winning this game, is Mihalovic and Jajic. The drama continues. Oh, yeah. Miha is always going to find somebody to be mad at on the team. So, you know, he apparently is a punishing Jajic for bad behavior um, and then, uh, you know, makes him sit in the stands with the street clothes on, and Jajic doesn't take too kind of that. Actually gets into a big argument with, with OTFR fans. Got to dip on out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they get the points. Yep. Got to be happy with that, Torino. I continue to say they're a fighting team. In, in this table, man, it's just good to see. Torino continues to fight. They get a scrappy win here, maybe with a little help from VAR, some would argue. But happy to see Torino with the results uh, for more reasons than one in this one. Guys, let's take a quick commercial break and finish off week 16. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. 
They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right. Up first in the second half of week 16 is Sampdoria and Cagliari. This one finished 2-2. Sampdoria blow a two-goal lead to drop points for the third week in a row. Go ahead, Tad. I don't know what is it about me this week, but I, I prefer to focus on the positive before we get in anything, which is normally not my, my stilo. Um, but Quags, the giggity goal store, Fabio Quagliarella, um, it get, nabs a brace in this one that brings him to nine goals and five assists on the season. Speaking of assists, both assists come from Gaston Ramirez. So despite them blowing a two-goal lead, they still have some like huge impact players that that can you know take over games if they're playing Cagliari. Um, you know other players out there like Torreira in this in the season and Pavoletti. We'll focus on the the, the positive with Cagliari on this one. He has the equalizer. And so this guy who we were about ready to bury about you know two months ago is just being a total bust after Calgary spent record transfer fee of twelve million on him. Yeah, he's 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 charged him about you know three million goals, uh, three million a goal on the transfer. This one he's got <laughs> yeah. he's got four on the season so far, but upward trending with two goals in three games. Still got to say about Leonardo. I'm really sorry, but with all that money, man, just go to the dentist. Yeah, get get that grill fixed. <laughs> I'm always skeptical of uh, changing uh, coaches or something midseason. Like, how much good can it really do if you're just going to totally revamp your whole s- strategy, right? But you brought in Mr. Lopez here uh, for, for Cagliari and uh, seems to be getting some results here. I mean, this is a really good draw for them. They're, and they're scoring goals, which wasn't the case earlier in the season. Oh, they're going to finish between 10 and 12. Totally so, but they're not fighting relegation then, which is uh, <laughs> an improvement. Well, speaking of uh, of not improving, you guys, what's up with Samp? They blew two goal lead on this one. There's two losses and a draw in their last three. You know, I mean, is, are we just seeing them come back down to earth, or just a small, small skid here? Yeah, perhaps uh, Cinderella. It's after midnight for Sampdoria, but uh, I think you're right, Tad. There's uh, there's some reasons to be worried about here, but I, I still I think Sampdoria. We were shocked to see them that high. Maybe it's just. It's just their time. They're they're uh, they're they're coming back down to earth. Well, they had they padded a pretty big lead for them a few weeks ago. They were up about seven points, but I think that's dropped down to about four now. Yeah, they're three ahead of uh, Milan, but they've got a game in hand. Is one thing to keep in mind here. So uh, maybe a little more cushion, but yeah, that that middle kind of tier, ten to I guess eleven, all the way down twelve to twelve to six here. Looking at the table uh, right now is a six point gap. So. Uh, there's a lot of room to be had there, kind of in the mid-tier, and uh, you know, outside the top five, uh, obviously seems fairly well set at this point. But uh, it looks like Europa League, and somebody can correct me on this. Uh, I think that we're going to get down to seven now with the extra Champions League spot. So there's two spots maybe available for Europa that aren't uh, currently claimed by the top five. So I think that Sampdoria still got a great shot to to land one of those. Oh yeah, Sampdoria. You talk about the skid though. I mean, imagine if they just taking a few more points on these games with the game in hand. I mean, now, granted, that game in hand is against Roma, so that's you know that's not going to be too easy for them. 
you know, they'd like to get that padding, but their, their goal this year is Atalanta of last year. They yep. just want to play in Europe. Yep. Yeah, but they sold off all their team, which was different than Atalanta this year. Schick is with us now. Babyface Killer and Muriel is out of the league. Um, Schrenier went yeah. to Inter. They lost a lot of players, and they're still making a run at it, so credit to them. Well done. All right, let's keep rolling then to the story that keeps on giving. In Milan, they played Bologna, and this one finished 2-1. Milan's Gattuso. The era begins with his first win over Marco's Bologna. So credit to Gattuso. Finally getting three points here. They're trying to get back on track. Being victims to Benevento's first point last week and constant financial issue rumors. Brignoli's cannoli thanks Milan still this week. Milan needed a shot of positivity here. More more so than an NFL team's team seeing my New York football giants on their schedule. Looking at you, Nick Simontelli, giant Cowboys fan Love over it. there. <laughs> and uh, Curve America is also the name of my fantasy team, so you can look over here as well. All right, all right. Q Bologna being the next easy victim on their calendar. Milan's Jack Bonaventura coming through big at the San Siro in this one. Keep in mind, Bologna and Milan were equal on points coming into this, into this one. And they're equal on goals for most of the game as well. But Jack Bonaventura coming through with a brace, and Milan gets their win. Gattuso continues to be part of the story here, and just we're in for a treat, guys, because he is a fire breather. He acknowledged he must look more intense than a Star Wars super fan in an opening premiere. He said he could have gotten, he could have been coaching out there bare-chested in the snow for Milan. It's just how he is. Super intense, super crazy. You see all of the quotes, some of the, the video out on Gattuso. He's a wild man. Oh, yeah. Friend of the pod, James Horncastle, uh, translated what he screamed at Donnarumma, which has been picked up and carried around. That he says, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill you yeah. in the midweek. I, I hear that uh, that tactic works over the long term. I hear players really love that over their coach, from their coach. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, cue to some foreshadowing here. I saw today Donnarumma potentially wanting out of his contract because the second release clause was not included in that in the version he signed. So Donnarumma signed the document without Mino Raiola, everyone's favorite super agent, being present. I'm curious for you guys. Are you buying this from the Raiola camp, or are they uh, worried about, well, maybe the money's just not there for that super contract we signed? No, I think that, I mean, this is, this is Donnarumma's camp putting this out. I think that two things, um, you have a signed contract that you want out of, and two, you're saying that the guy signed it when his agent wasn't there. Good luck with that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you really trusting that Milan is looking at paperwork really closely here? <laughs> exactly. No, very. How's that Bitcoin money coming? <laughs> very fair point. We will see. Uh, it's a shame for all the Milanisti out there if you got to start worrying about Donnarumma, who has uh, that was a big deal in the summer signing that contract, and now everyone's going to try to avoid it. I mean, his brother even got a million bucks out of it. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So that dovetails nicely to Milan's finances. Again, we're sorry, Milanisti, but it continues to be a story. Your CEO, Fasone, confirming UEFA's impossible requests include settling their debt to Elliott Management right away, and Milan concedes we're just not going to be able to do that. The U.S. hedge fund's alleged high-interest loan must be paid back by next October 2018 or fork over the team owner, which means more U.S. owners, at least for the short term. But let's be honest, guys, even as Americans, that's a black guy for the league we love in the Serie A. Can't be good. Fasone also acknowledged all the concerns we've discussed and heard from the Milanisti. Not making the champions is a huge financial hit. Check. Selling players because of the lack of funds. Check. 
And if all parties can't agree on the finances, financial fair play could kick in. And regardless of the team results, Milan could be barred from Europe competitions. Check. Pretty much checkmate on this, guys. Good that Milan's Fasone is acknowledging this for you, or uh, even the, the possibility of uh, selling players and stuff. Just, this is just a train wreck now that it's really Milan leadership is acknowledging, yeah, we're in trouble here. It wouldn't hurt for them to unload some of their high high price players in January if they can, but they're going to be selling them at a bargain rate at this point. I mean, everyone's smelling blood in the water on this one. The only way Milan can get out of this one is on the field, guys. I mean, they just have to win, and I think right now they're they're doing what they can. They got Gattuso in there, basically being the personification of every Milan fan, yeah. screaming at players. Making sure they uh, 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 they're giving their absolute all, you know, questioning some of the prima donna guys as to their commitment to the team, um, and I think also a little bit of adaptability. I think that Gattuso showing that he's willing to scrap that disastrous back three that just saw them having goals rained in on for a for a back four. I mean, hey, they got a coach in there who's like, why not have players play in their position? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The uh, other side of the ball on this one in Bologna, they felt that this was a missed opportunity to take points off a wounded animal. Boy, if that doesn't sum it up nicely for them. Simone Verde had an equalizer for a little bit of the game, but unfortunately no points to the meat sauce crew. He said he wants to stay with Bologna as well for, for Verde. So there's a positive for Bologna and the Syndico, Marco, our podcasting friend. And then Roberto Donadoni here. It just really... Hammering at home. People expect a great deal from Milan. We should have taken advantage of that psychological aspect of the game, and we didn't. So he's kind of nailing it right on the head there. Of just Milan was a wounded animal, and they didn't take advantage. So Bologna sitting in 10th place. Now they are three points off Milan's 7th. Could have been reversed after this game, but did not happen for Bologna. Where do you guys see right now? Gun to your head. Where's Milan finishing at Christmas break? Four games left? Um, I mean, it's also tight in there. Yeah. Anywhere from from seven to ten is is feasible with one game one game here. So, uh, I don't see a lot of movement. Honestly, I, I don't see the teams below them really challenging a huge amount up. After that, nil tier seems pretty well middleified. Let me, let me pull up who who they're playing really quick. So they have Verona, should be pushovers. They have Atalanta, which is a team that Atalanta then Fiorentina back to back. Those are two teams that. If they, you know, if they pull four out of the six points on them, that can get them, you know, Mr. Momentum to change his address coming back on the six when they take on Crotone, Cagliari, um, to hammer some teams and may move up the table a little bit. But man, their players need to start playing better. Yeah, I, uh, I, they're just they're not going to be challenging for the top five spots by uh, I'd say January. So. I, I just I don't see it happening, Milan. I'm sorry. It would be a huge, huge story if they can pull this off. Coming I don't see it from happening. the Crotone fan, oh ye of little faith. They stayed up. That was the big goal in that one. They did not make Europe. <laughs> All right, guys, let's keep going. We've got Atalanta and Genoa. This one finished 2-1. This game was actually played today. We're recording on Tuesday because of the snow. So, what do you got for us, Nick, in this one? I hope the Garden State, Giuseppe Rossi is in the mix here. Also, a little story on Frank Sinatra being a, a Genoa fan. So, this Garden State thing, I'm, I'm really saying, guys, this is going to stick. Genoa's new nickname. Well, there, there was an appearance. Uh, there was a, a beautiful cutaway. The camera pans up to the crowd, and, and there's Chris's dreamboat 
Giuseppe Rossi <laughs> staring, staring out at the field longingly. He's so close to being back on the pitch. Uh, I, I really think that this is going to be uh, the, the single driving force for Chris for the rest of the season. Was uh, Giuseppe Rossi like, when I was 17, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a United player. When I was 21, I was a Fiorentina player. Frank Sinatra? Yeah, no, I like that. We we tweeted yeah. out the link to the article that explains why Frank Sinatra is apparently a Genoa fan, or you know, was a Genoa fan. Uh, pretty interesting. His family's from uh, the Liguria area, so that's part of it. But definitely check out that article we tweeted out. Frank Sinatra. Well, going to the game, you know, I, I was watching this game again, streaming the games like a true fan, unlike you uh, highlight watchers over here. Uh, and it was it was quite exciting. I got to say, there were a lot of chances. Uh, really kind of a free-flowing game, uh, and uh, I really liked, uh, I really just liked the pace of it. Sometimes, you know, with all these games this weekend, we've seen these goalless draws, so uh, a nice 2-1 win for Atalanta. You know, this could have gone either way. There were some amazing saves as well. Uh, I really think the quality of the keepers this year in Serie A is something that keeps coming up in, in all the games we talk about, uh, and that was on display here as well. But in the end, I think Atalanta's the better team, as, as we expect, uh, but Genoa put up a little more fight than I was, I was expecting. Genoa! Playing better under under the uh, the new coach, man. It's uh, they OTF Genoa. Is, I mean, we might be pushing them more towards the Garden State officially as they climb up the table. I uh, I gotta say, Atalanta flipped the script on the narrative on this one because I've been saying for a few weeks now they seem to be pretty complacent. That uh, they're pretty comfortable wherever they are on the table. They're doing really good in Europe, and that's good enough. But Gasparini on this one on the sidelines, guys, screaming his head off and. Uh, they got the result on this one, which I was impressed by. Well, he was really tired of Bugs Bunny always fooling him, so he just <laughs> kind of lost his mind, the Italian Amor Fudd that is Gasparini. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think for, uh, I'm just bringing this up now with Giuseppe Rossi, you think uh, he hasn't played in their two past games, you think they're going to take it easy on him and maybe not start him until uh, the, the season restarts uh, in a few weeks here? Oh, he's definitely going to see some super sub roles before he goes on, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that if he doesn't see much playing time at all until January. All right. Well, let's see if he does it his way. A little Frank Sinatra reference there. The Garden State, it's going to stick. Genoa guys, loses today. Guys can't tell if Chris loves New Jersey. Yes. Hopefully that's painfully obvious at this point. Stay Jersey strong. Up next, we've got Udinese and Benevento. This one finished 2-0. Benevento goalkeeper and Capo Cananieri candidate held scoreless as Benevento's point streak stops at 1. So Udinese getting a little streaky now that Massimo Odo has come to town. And Matteo Bonetti at the Calcio Guy tweeting out an interesting stat. With Massimo Odo on the bench, they have a 1-0 loss to Napoli, which is pretty good. Three wins and 13 goals in those, in those three wins. Admittedly, one of them had eight in, uh, in just one game. But uh, even in victory, guys, Odo critical of his team and still pushing for more. He wants better defense. He wants a stronger mentality. Starting to sound like Mihalovic over there at Torino, and I love it. I love the grittiness of these northern Italian cities. Fight for your Ropers, little zebras. Fight on. Can't wait for Odo to break a clipboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Over his knee or somebody's head. We'll see what Either happens. Way. Yep. Just also need to mention, guys, the goal scorers in here, guys. Barack not Obama, and Kevin Lasagna. Oh, my favorite Serie A player. Oh, no, no, you got to fight me for him. Got, both got goals in this one, and those are two names we're celebrating in Serie A. On the other side of the ball with Benevento, you got new coach Deserbi, hoping new talent and transfer market can keep the witches out of relegation. 
the questions for Benevento then, guys. Number one, at this point in the season and looking at the table with just one point, is he crazy? And two, the more serious question, will the Lonzo Ball kids, the Ball brothers, be contacted by Benevento now that they'll be playing in Europe next year? Um, excuse you, it's LeVar Ball, and he's a household name, so <laughs> get that right. Um, I mean, Benevento, who's, they're going to need some serious honey to, to attract some of these uh, uh, some of these flies that might be... I think probably their biggest hope is Antonio Cassano. Oh, podcaster's dream. A podcaster's <laughs> dream to get Cassano back he, in the He mix. rides into every game on a broom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eat, eating something. Here's the question. Benevento, you know, made sure they won't be the uh, only Serie T- uh, team in history to go pointless throughout the year. But honestly, how many points you think they finished the season with? Can they get to four? I mean, four, they just got to catch somebody sleeping at this point then. I mean, they got, I think they might be able to pull off one win, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sub-10. Sub-10 yeah. seems, so that's not even a bet. Come on, the over-under is five. I'll say seven. They're going to beat somebody and draw one more. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go eight. All right. Is this Price is Right rules here, I guess? Yeah. You, bl- you boxed Chris out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it, I'll take it. But at least for the color scheme, we need Benevento to stay up. Let's keep rolling, guys. Down to Crouton Nation and playing Sassuolo in this one. Finished 2-1, Sassuolo's favor. Sassuolo climbed to 15th with three points against the stale Croutons. Go ahead, Tad. So Croutons, Davide Nicola, everybody's everybody's favorite cyclist, is out, and Walter Zenga is in. I, you know, just what happened here? And apparently the article is coming from the horse's mouth uh, uh, himself, or the, the culprit himself. The team president said he went down into, into halftime in the middle of a game to fire up the lads, which I always <laughs> love the translation of Ragazzi, um, fire up the lads, and Nicola's just like, done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my locker room. I, this, this is foreign to me, right? I'm a Dallas sports fan. Uh, I think that these guys would just murder someone if they were to work for Jerry Jones or Mark Cuban. I mean, these are guys who sit on the sideline during games and like yell at the players, right? Yeah, like, seriously. I just can't. If the guy is so sensitive that an owner steps foot in the locker room and he quits the same day, uh, these guys really need to stay away from American sports. Well, it just makes me think, like, how low is is Nicola's paycheck in this? I mean, like, well, he didn't get that that stay up bonus. I mean, they were erecting a statue to him in the you know in in Crotone Town Square. Um, and you just, just the coach, the owner came in or the team president came in. And he's just like, nah, man. Yeah. Nah. What, what have you done for me lately? That's the Syria game. I Diva guess. Las Vegas. So yeah. you got Zanga coming out here playing a four, five, one. Haven't seen that since, uh, ever. Yeah. And, uh, doesn't do much good for him because croutons, like you said, Tad are very, very stale at the moment. It's just not getting it done. But Giacchini on the other side of the ball gets his, his first MyPay Stadium win and comes out and immediately talks trash about a star player, Domenico Berardi, saying he can do more and work better with his teammates. So maybe that's lending to some of the thing is what is happening to Domenico Berardi. You know, Sass is now, st- now in 15th, but they're two star players. I've been bad this year so far. Between the Dirty Rooster, Diego Falcinelli, and, uh, and Domenico Berardi, between the two of them, they have two goals and two assists. These are a bunch of people that wanted Roman to pay $40 million for Berardi in the summer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know who I think they need? I think they need DeFrell. 
Uh, we'll give him a bargain, 15 mil. We'll take five <laughs> off the price. That's Don't right. worry about the kneecap. That'll be fine. It's yeah. going to heal. That's right. Yeah, we'll at least throw it's not in a kneecap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I, We've was, got him stored up in that hospital yeah. where we keep all the ACLs. Well, I, I think yeah. Wani Turbe still owes us. We'll give you his. <laughs> yeah. All right. So maybe Sassuolo turning the ship around at the crouton's expense, but we will see in future weeks. Finish it off, guys, with Richard Whittles. The Danger Zone. Do, 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 do. The Danger Zone. All right. And in the Danger Zone is Hellas Verona taking on Spall. And go figure, after week 16, we're going to wrap it up with another draw. At least they scored goals in this one. Finished. Oh, Chris, you are underselling this game. <laughs> this was not the snooze fest you are claiming here. This was, a again, battle for 17th. A lot on the line here. And, and right. what we had is we had Hellas up two goals uh, all the way into the 85th. Uh, they had more possession. Uh, sorry, that was against the run of play. Uh, Spall had more possession, more shots. They hit a couple crossbars. Uh, but Verona had the lead. But in the 85th minute, Spall gets two goals in two minutes, including a PK, and just pulls this one right out of the hat at the very end, uh, and it just makes this one real, real interesting. So it was actually kind of a good game, uh, and uh, lots of late drama for those of you who likes that, who like that. All right, we got a Sampdoria Cagliari type of draw on this one. All right, yeah, I'm sorry. Like that, yeah. At least there were goals. Yeah. I also got to give a plug to my boy Daniele Verdi. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Roma Loney here uh, out to, to Hellas. Uh, he had a nice game, got an assist. Uh, I just like keeping track of this kid. I think I think he's going to make it in Roma main squad one day. He'll be there. Spall. Coming. Who knew they had it in him against the storied Ellis Verona that's been <laughs> really good this year? <laughs> right. No, so true. Uh, how about, uh, have you seen, there's two other side stories here. Borello, our favorite Playboy player, is stuck at Spall. Because he played for a Coppa Italia game against with uh, Cagliari, his previous team. Apparently, there's a rule in Serie A you can only play for two teams. Well, I think we should call this the uh, the Christian Vieri rule. I did a little research here. Uh, he was a Cavancanieri for Inter in the 2002-2003 season. Uh, this guy played for uh, an ungodly number of Serie A teams over the years. He played. Uh, he started his, his uh, career in Torino, uh, and then went uh, three seasons down in Serie B, but then back up. Atalanta, Juventus, on to OTFR. He had his actual kind of career at Inter for six, seven seasons or so. Then across town to Milan, made a quick trip to Monaco, uh, but came right back to Italy, back to Atalanta, over to Fiorentina, and back to Atalanta again to finish it out. So <laughs> this man's seen all the stadiums, uh, knows the ins and outs of every city in Italy. And I think uh, Borriello uh, is going to be uh, following in his footsteps at the rate he's trying to move. He was the one that introduced Borrello to the pit, I'm sure. If you've seen the haircut <laughs> that Vieri was rocking for most of the season. Very true. The, 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 pit, of, uh, the pit of naked writhing all Serie A teams was Christiane Vieri's. <laughs> yeah. He has you uh, pick a jersey from the wall before you get in. That's how he identifies you. The last thing I want to mention, guys, is Spal. Since Christmas is coming, they've got a jersey coming out celebrating their 110th uh, uh, anniversary. It's basically the puffy shirt off of Seinfeld. Definitely find that under the Christmas tree if you're looking for a last-minute gift. Yeah, I can't tell if he looks like a bull rider or yeah. uh, or, or if he's if he looks like a like a minstrel in a medieval court, like dilly yeah. dilly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they were playing these with these on in this game, and just these these uh, these long drawstrings around the uh, the collar. They're just flying all over the place every time people are running. It really just takes away the seriousness of the game. They're all kind of puffed up. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was distracting right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that'll do it, guys. Week 16 in the books. Let's look ahead real quick to week 17. I think the best game we got is Atalanta playing OTFR. But well, if OTFR doesn't boycott the rest of the season. That's true. That's true. They're taking their ball and going home. <laughs> that's right. We will see if VAR rears its ugly head yet again. If VAR is there, I'm not going to be there, <laughs> all right? You invite <laughs> VAR. <laughs> we will see how that goes. We will be back next week. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Tim, for showing up for Serpents of Matadina. Definitely check out their blog on SB Nation if you're an Interista out there. Kim, Kim Jong-un is an avid reader of That's the right. Serpents of Matadina. That's right. We definitely need to mention that. Uh, an avid reader of the SB Nation Serpents blog. Very true. Check us out on social media, everybody. Until next week, ragazzi, diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.